Friends, welcome to the Ribbon Box Podcast. I'm Eloise, the founder. Each week we bring you expert interviews, reader stories, holistic offers and more. Subscribe to our podcast for free to become an insider and never miss an episode. Everything that we did was more focused on me to begin with. What can I be doing? Or is there something wrong with my body that means that I am not ovulating or I just can't get pregnant? It never really, at that time, it never really crossed my mind that there could be an issue with Lee's sperm. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Sophie and Lee, who are sharing their story. And this is all about why we wish we had tested his sperm sooner. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mojo at Home Sperm Testing, and we'll be talking all around male factor, sperm issues, testing, and what you might want to know about someone else's journey and how to navigate this. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Sophie, you're on Instagram at Sprinkle of Baby Dust. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Could you tell us a little bit more about your fertility journey and your story so far? I mean, it started quite a few years back. We were only about 24 when we decided together that I'd come off um, the pill. I'd been on the pill since I was 16, so a really long time. No, not 16. How old was I? I was probably about 18 when I went on it. It wasn't that we were considering trying immediately for a baby at 24, but I had read that it takes a while for your cycle to kind of get back to normal. Yeah, so I was 24 and we decided together that um, I'd come off the pill and give my body kind of a year or so to settle back into its natural rhythm um, and then just see how everything goes from there without any pressure because we were still young. You know, at the time we were moving jobs, moving house, um, got engaged, getting married. There was a lot going on in that time. So we were trying to get pregnant without the pressure. I guess is the best way to explain it. Anyway, fast forward a few years. In 2019, I fell pregnant um, naturally with our first pregnancy and we were over the moon. Um, it took us, I guess, uh, we started tracking about a year before that because I had been very aware that whilst I'd been off the pill and we hadn't been careful, nothing had happened in that time. So I was like, well, maybe we just need to track so we can actually know when I'm ovulating type thing. And um, we fell pregnant. And then I thought everything was going great. Me and Lee celebrated um, reaching the 12-week mark uh, when we were in Norway um, and got back a week later, a week after my 30th birthday, and had a scan. And unfortunately, we were told that the baby had no heartbeat. I'm so sorry. Um, and that was at 12 weeks? That was, I was 13 weeks at the time when I went for my 12-week scan. And I had a missed miscarriage. So the baby had stopped growing a couple of weeks prior to that scan. Um, and obviously I had no idea. I still had this, like the pregnancy symptoms, you know, that, that you look out for the sore boobs. I was really tired, bad skin. <laughs> um, I was having like really bad headaches, um, but I was told that that can happen in pregnancy. So I, there was nothing, there was no warning signs. And it definitely did I guess the walls just came, you know, crumbling down on us. Um, it was a really tough time. And I think at that point, that was like a pivotal point in our fertility journey. Um, everything else after that, just it just changed um, for us. And we actually, once I'd passed uh, the pregnancy and my uh, periods kind of started to settle back down, 
uh, we decided that uh, we'd try again. Um, and unfortunately, we had no luck trying again. Um, and that's when we sought some um, fertility advice from our doctor. How long was it since your miscarriage and trying again naturally to seeking fertility advice? That was quite a quick process for us. We'd had, um, I had the same gynecologist since I was 24. Um, and he um, helped me through my miscarriage. Um, and then afterwards, I think it was only about six months later that we went to him just for some testing. Because I think at that point, I then naturally my miscarriage just triggered loads of fears in me that I wouldn't be able to fall pregnant again or I wouldn't be able to carry a baby to term and actually when we think about it we've you know we've been at the pill for so long why haven't we had more than one pregnancy in that time it's not like we've not tried so it was more let's just go get everything checked just to see if we're okay and that's when we reached out to him and we just did loads of um well, it was more testing on me, really, just to, you know, checking for endometriosis, um, checking to make sure I'd passed um, the whole pregnancy, making sure there was nothing left, blood tests to check my hormone levels. Like, it was all it was all focused on me, definitely, at that point. Um, and it was w- one of our last appointments with him, but he suggested that we check Lee's sperm as well. And we'd never re- we'd never considered it at that point, to be honest. It was definitely, oh, I carry the baby, so everything must fall on me. Um, and when he suggested it, he actually himself said, it's very unlikely there's anything wrong with Lee's sperm because he's young, but let's just, you know, rule it, rule it out and we'll go from there. And so we did that. Um, and your Lee's report came back with some red flags. Um, you had... Um, one percent um, sperm morphology, which was obviously incredibly low. Um, they, I think, the other results were average, um, nothing kind of too bad. Um, but he said at that point, look, given like the period of time that you have been trying, I would recommend that you do move forward with um, IVF, and that's what we did. So, what led you both to realise that male factor might be playing a role for you? I guess in a world where the focus is overwhelmingly on a female partner, um, if there is a female partner, do you feel like there's a lack of awareness around this and when might men should perhaps be tested? Yeah, I think so. Um, personally, you know, when you, when you know there's something wrong and you've got to go see somebody, I think it's in the back of your mind you're conscious that something might be wrong and hearing those answers is probably not something you want to hear. But we were aligned with our meeting with the um, consultant and said if Avia is the route, if something's got to be wrong, then we've both got to be tested. And that's what we did. We both tested um, our bits. And yeah, some flags came up for me. And yeah, and um, I I was a bit sceptical. I was a bit anxious about getting tested. And I think there is a stigma about it, about getting tested, because it's a very strange process. And sometimes you don't get the best news. I think the more important thing for us was if there is some bad news, how can we how can we get through this and what are the next stages to, to go through to get a to get a family? And that's where we got to. Yeah, I think to add to that as well, like even when you start the process of trying to conceive, if nothing's happening, if you're not tracking, so if you're literally just like a bit like we did when we started out, like let's just see how it goes. But when it gets to a point where it's not happening, even at that point, it was like, oh, it must be me. I must, I, I obviously don't know when I'm ovulating and I need to go get some ovulation sex and I need to track all of that. Like it was, 
everything that we did was more focused on me to begin with. What can I be doing? Or is there something wrong with my body that means that I am not ovulating or I just can't get pregnant? It never really, at that time, it never really crossed my mind that there could be an issue with Lee's sperm. And I think that, I don't know if that's naivety um, or, yeah, maybe it is just naivety. I just, it just didn't cross my mind. And it was only really speaking to our doctor about it that he was the one that said, well, there's a, there's a there's little chance there'll be something wrong with Lee's sperm given his age, but let's just explore it anyway. And I think from that point, we then started to become more educated about generally like the whole fertility um, world because it is quite overwhelming, um, you know, particularly if you've gone through a loss and then, you, you know, you're trying again and it doesn't happen. And um, that's when we both started to read upon potential issues or what we could do at home to um, improve both of our fertility. It's more specific. Yes, it's pressure as well because it starts with the sperm, even though you're doing all the tests and all the stuff behind it. Yeah. The sperm has to work for it to get going. And I guess I was worried, I guess, that if I'm the problem, what, what are the solutions? And it's quite a difficult one to, to absorb, I think, to begin with. But once you, like you say, do your research and speak to people, mm. I think the options become more available and then you've got to pick which way you go. Absolutely. And Lee, were you nervous about testing? Tell us about the testing process. Was it done at home? I was nervous, yes. I was. I did too. I did um, testing in, um, in the, one of the doctor's lab we go to in London and I did the, the Medro kit as well. Um, it is. It's... Um, it's a very important test. It, you know, we were very much looking for a family years before we got to this stage, and um, to having to go through the test to find that something might be wrong is, is quite scary. Um, I think it, it definitely needs to happen. It's something you shouldn't be ashamed of. I, I think there is a bit of that around this sort of testing because it. I don't. I don't know if it makes you feel less of a of a man or a, a masculine, but it's definitely. Um, no, my, my my goal is to provide a family, and sometimes that isn't a, you know uh, the way forward for some people, and it wasn't for us. So yeah, I did feel a bit of sort of um, a bit of anxiety behind it, definitely. And how come you tested in the clinic and with the Mojo kit at home? The clinic because we were advised straight away by our um, consultants. So we thought, well, he works in that area, um, in you know where we live, so he recommended to go to these places, um, and that was I guess the start of our process before we really knew um what else was out there available um and then obviously you know covid happened and things so you won't be able to you can't go out and do things when we we're going through our rvf treatment i wasn't allowed in i missed some of the processes so you know i was kind of on the fence at that point um and then we became came about the, the, the kit the measure kit um which allowed you to do the same things you would do you know outside your house like in your house um with the same sort of feedback and um results system so we felt we're looking for next year, next two years, we'll restart our bodies. Um, let's give us a try. And it was, um, it was really good. Fantastic. And did you find that testing for both of you, sort of how did that affect your relationship? Did it bring up any barriers between you? Did it test your relationship? No, not at all. We we're both on the same page. It was very much we both want the family. And um, we were both committed to finding the reasons why this wasn't happening. Yeah. And making a plan together to, to move forward and in our case it was RDF 
uh, would have been another route. I mean, I'm sure we would have been lined up. I mean, yeah. I think together, I think it, it made us more stronger as a, as a couple, definitely. And when the little things get you down in the day, I think you realise that there's much bigger problems to have, and those little things become not very important at all because the bigger picture is you're looking for a family. So I think overall, even today, even having after having twins after this, it, um, it's definitely made us stronger as a. I think as well from my perspective, I I just remember when we were given the bad news about the first pregnancy, and I remember looking at Lee and like he was holding my hand, and his face just dropped, and I. I was obviously heartbroken for me, but I felt so heartbroken for Lee, like, oh, I've let him down. This is my fault. And that was one of the hardest things to kind of to get through, I guess. And then and over the next few months, I felt the same. I was just carrying this guilt around, like, it's my fault. We lost the baby. I did something wrong. And when when we started speaking to our doctor about, I guess, our fertility as a whole, and when Lee's test results came back, in a way... I felt less guilt. I was like, actually, it does take two to make a baby. And not, obviously, I'm not <laughs> blaming Lee in any sense. What I'm saying <laughs> is that I, it, it kind of relieved some pressure from me and made me realize that it's, this is something that we're in together. And, um, you know, if, if Lee's got sperm issues, then it, you know, it impacts me. If I've got fertility issues on my side, then it impacts Lee. Um, and it definitely united us. And it is tough. It's really tough um, to go through any fertility struggle. I think it takes a toll on your mental health. And we're very different in how we deal with emotions. I'm a very sensitive person. Um, I'm very emotional. I wouldn't really call myself strong. Um, whereas Lee is very, you know, together and strong-willed and strong-minded. And um, I, I needed that during the fertility um, journey. I needed him um, to kind of hold me up and I needed Lee also to open up so I kind of taught him how to open up and to talk about how he was feeling because it was impacting you mm. in many ways um, and you did struggle to to kind of talk about it in in detail because Lee's way more optimistic than I am <laughs> um, but I also needed to to learn how to be stronger and not just let everything knock me knock me down all the time um, so it, in that way, it definitely made us stronger, um, which I'm very grateful for. I mean, I'd say we're quite a strong couple anyway, but yeah, that definitely yeah. cemented our relationship. I completely can agree with that firsthand because my husband has no sperm. He has azuspermia due to Kleinfelter syndrome, which is a genetic condition he was born with. And before we knew that, I kept thinking that, you know, no pregnancy was happening because of something, because of me and my body not functioning the way it should be. And then as soon as yeah. he those test results, it was kind of like, as you said, of course, it does take to to make a baby. And where do we go from here? What are our options? So I totally know what it feels like to be lost in those emotions of getting a diagnosis that's less than favorable and not what you were expecting. Mm, definitely. I mean, yes, I mean, in your, in your case, I, I mean, it's, it's even tougher, isn't it? Um, at Lee. By the chance. You, yeah. Some changes. Um, I mean, it was, I think that's a fear for just, just like a female, if you're told there's something wrong where you, you can't get pregnant. I think for a man to be told that in like Lee's case, obviously his sperm just wasn't the correct shape and it was very unlikely you'd be able to um, penetrate an egg to make a, an embryo. Um, it's just really hard news to hear. 
for any man. And I think, um, obviously, I can't speak for like your situation, but I can only imagine like being in that situation for any man to be told that there isn't a sperm. It's it's a heavy, it's a, definitely a heavy toll to take. Um, and I do wish that men would talk about it a little bit more because I, obviously I've got my social media account. All I see is female fertility accounts. I think there's only one person that I follow, one male that I follow that talks about his fertility. Maybe that's because I'm not looking hard enough or maybe I'm not targeted that on Instagram, I don't know. But I've, I think I've encouraged Lee definitely to speak up about it more also to help his friends because if he's going through it, then I'm sure there's plenty of his other friends that are going through it too. They just don't know how to talk about it. Definitely. And what about you, Lee, in your experience? What are some mis- common misconceptions or stigmas surrounding male infertility? And how would you suggest navigating them having sort of been there yourself? I mean, I think you can actually try and keep it to yourself, I think, because it's quite a personable sort of position to be in. Um, having had sort of other friends, I mean, but when you when you talk about it openly, you re- think you realise that there's much more, there's a lot of people that do go through their own struggles and it's different stages of that but um i think having you know, friends and family involved in it is, is is a good thing it took me a while to get to that i did very much keep it very close to my chest and to Sophie, but uh, to open it up um to everyone um it's something i probably wish i would have done a little bit earlier i think um i realized that some other friends were also going through some struggles as well and it uh, i guess brought us a little bit closer together and we're going through similar treatments at different stages so it was nice to sort of bounce off each other and I guess, sort of uh, summarise where we are and what went right and what went wrong. I, I do wish people would talk about it more. It definitely needs to talk about it more. It's a very natural thing and it's something that you shouldn't be ashamed of at all. Definitely agree. And why was it that you chose to use the Mojo at Home sperm test? It was very convenient. You know, we live in London. To, to get anywhere is hard work, especially if you've got to try and build it around sort of kids and, and work and things. So... To, to get the same results back from what, what you would do if you were to go into a clinic and to have it at home to then get it collected and then, you know, send the results and then have someone call you to talk it through, uh, I think is a really good system to have. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it gave us everything we needed to know. I think some things slightly improved since I last did it a few years ago, so that's good to know. Um, and it just gave us a good sort of starting point for when we you know, hopefully look at a third child for see the future of where we are and what what actions we need to take. Exciting. Um, as I just me- mentioned before, you know, my husband has azuspermia and he had a very difficult in-clinic testing experience. Um, it wasn't good at all. So how do you feel that compared to traditional clinic-based testing methods, what are the advantages you found with an at-home sperm test like Mojo? Well, it's, it's obviously you're in your own home, so it's comfortable and safe. When you go to the clinics, it's obviously very awkward. There's lots of other people in the same area doing the same thing. Um, and it feels a bit unnatural, I think, to go to um, a sperm clinic, I guess, and obviously check in and do your stuff. Um, I don't, it, it felt a bit, I don't know, like I, we are all there for the same reason. And it felt a bit strange. I don't know how to explain it. It's a very, very strange thing you have to do to get some results. So take that, take that away and to have it at home. I think I felt so much more comfortable. I could, you know, take the time. There's no pressure. Just do what you want. And no one's there to, to judge or make comments. It's all good. And then to have the results back, you know, pretty quickly is, is also a bit positive as well. Definitely. I know that one of the reasons that our readers often choose to test through Mojo at home is the fact that um, 
It is a company that has developed a fully automated AI-driven microscope for sperm analysis in IVF clinics. Um, so using the state-of-the-art tech in their own lab provides the mail-in sperm testing service directly to your door, like you mentioned. So you sort of can take away or or not necessarily have that unpleasant or difficult in, in clinic experience that some people have had and have the news delivered to you in your own environment and do it at your own pace. Yeah, and have someone talk you through the results as well um, and explain all the numbers and all the bits, which just makes no sense to us, obviously. It was actually probably <clears throat> better because I'm just thinking back to when you first had the first um, sperm test in the clinic. I remember you got the results via email. They actually came to my email. No, they came to your email, didn't they? And then you sent them to me. And there was no explanation. It was just like, oh, here are your test results. Now, now... Um, you have to like get your follow up with your doctor, and I remember getting a call from Lee, and he was just panicked because there was just red flags yeah. on it. Yeah, red um, and he was like, "Oh, this is it, it's this is really bad. Um, something's wrong. Like, everything's red. I have no idea what it means." And I was, I think, I sent an email actually, just quite angry that they just sent something like that over email with absolutely no explanation whatsoever. Mm. It was just like, here's your, "Here's your results." Yeah. Um, and I do think that's pretty appalling because no one should receive um, personal results like that. No, and we see red on paper, and a lot of that writing red also means no, something's wrong. Yeah, but there's no summary below. Yeah, there's no summary, no nothing. So <laughs> there wasn't even a kind note that it was just like his results yeah. with your doctor. A load of language and numbers yeah. you don't understand. Terrifying. Left me with doubt, and you know, <laughs> so I needed to be addressed straight away. <laughs> So how was that different to the experience of Mojo calling you to talk you through um, next steps and what the results showed and how did that kind of help you with your decision-making process in terms of your next steps for IVF and your fertility treatment plan? Well, we got the results really quickly. Then there was a follow-up mm. scheduled by um, online museum um, or whatever. Um, and it was it was instant. It was straight away. It was here's the results. When can we book you in? There was no sort of hanging around waiting for things to happen. I think within two two days we had a meeting with um, an embryologist. Yeah, as it turns out. Was it with Mojo's lab director, Sean? Yes. Yes. It was. Yeah, it was. It's brilliant. It's great. We got more than what we thought we'd do because obviously he has obviously a lot of um, well, his experience in the IVF world. So we were we very much sort of went through the. The results and that took you know not not very long and be sort of clear of what things were. And then he just sort of left it open. It's like you, you, anything to ask me? You know, I've, I've been in the game for about thirty years. I know a lot of stuff about you know IVF. Well, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> while you're here, <laughs> I don't cut out. <laughs> get, yeah, let's have some questions. So we we definitely got more than what we thought we'd do uh, in terms of um, results and what we you know what results for the sperm. We got a bit more information about sort of how to reapproach sort of IVF and how do we start it again so we definitely um, got value out of it I think it's less stressful in it. even though you're doing the same thing you're having a sperm test I'm speaking on your behalf here, by the way, exactly. um, um, but you know my point being when you go to a clinic everything feels very clinical and very serious and quite cold and um, I think naturally if you have to go into an environment like that you fear the worst automatically when you do a test in your own home that stress and that anxiety is released uh, relieved a little bit mm. because you're in the comfort of your own home yeah. and it almost feels like even though it's the exact same test that you're doing 
um, some pressure is taken out of it. It doesn't feel as scary. No, you're right, definitely. And I think everything in your own home feels just a bit safer. Um, and even when the results came back, like Lee said, um, it was, here's your results. Let's get you booked in for your follow-up straight away. Um, like I, everything, it was just a bit, it was more friendly. It didn't feel so clinical and so serious, um, even though he was about to receive similar um, results. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that's because we've been through it before. So, you know, you've experienced both clinic and at home so maybe you know we knew what to expect versus someone that's going into it brand new um i mean you've said you said last time didn't you that if one of his friends came to him and asked him about it lee would say do it at home yeah um work you saw the um saw the story we did and he, he was looking at doing testing um and and what are the options for him to have have a sperm test and it would you know would you recommend we get at home, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'd love to do a lot of my treatment at home if I could. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And so, when you spoke to Sean, um, Mojo's lab director, what did he say that made you think, okay, now's the time to start IVF? Um, I think it was less start IVF. It was more we we, we know that uh, it's very likely we'll need to go down the route of IVF again. Whilst it's not impossible for us to conceive naturally as well as these sperm results, I needed a lot of support to be able to carry a pregnancy. So Sean was just more reassuring that if we, like Lee, if we wanted to go naturally, because we've already got um, embryos in storage. So really Lee's, Lee's part, <laughs> if you like, is, is done <laughs> um, in that sense. But um, Sean was saying, if we did want to try naturally, then Lee's results have improved. Here's a few other things that you can do to make them improve even further so he gave, he gave us more like at home kind of advice things to try um didn't he yeah um and then from the IVF perspective he it was just more words of comfort um, and reassurance that uh, of the process uh, he talked us through because the next time we we go for IVF it'll be a frozen transfer versus a fresh transfer so he was just talking to us a little bit about that um as well which was uh, which was good because whilst I've had frozen transfers before, to be honest, I think once you step out of that world, you almost block it out, or I have. Um, I've kind of blocked it out, and I feel like I'm going into the process not completely blind, but I feel like I need to educate myself again. So, yeah, it was definitely good talking to Sean. Yeah. And what advice would you give other couples who may be hesitant to address the possibility of male infertility in, in a quest to start a family? I think um, from my perspective, it's... Don't just assume that from a female that it's just you. I've often said to a few of my friends who have, have just started trying for a baby or like, you know, not so long back, um, that I think it's actually a really smart thing to test your fertility because uh, these days they say, you know, wait, wait a year or wait however long. Um, is it, I think it's a year. Um, and if you don't fall pregnant naturally, then seek med medical support. Um, but even after that point, it can take years for you to actually be referred to have IVF treatment so I think taking control of your fertility as much as you can if you know you want to start a family is the sensible thing to do and that's it's not necessarily like tracking your ovulation but knowing your body and um, making sure you are ov ovulating your hormone levels are okay like there's no kind of 
there's no major red flags or things that stand out that would stand in your way of conceiving naturally. And that's both for me and for um, Lee as well, from a male perspective, you know, just, it doesn't always have to fall on the woman. <laughs> like it takes two to tango. And I think you, you said you wish you'd like checked it sooner rather than just assume that everything would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my biggest fear, I guess, was not being able to, to have a family. And if there was a problem with me, then that meant that might affect mm. the outcome. So um, having said that, if I was you know, a bit more open myself and talked about it, I think I've realised that even a lot of my close friends and friends are, are going through similar things. It's not just the wider world, it's my circle of you know, circle of friends. And we're all at different stages of sort of getting married and having kids and things. But it's nice to know that some, one of my friends is, is having some problems. He comes to me and asks some questions and I'm, I'm more than happy to, to answer them. And likewise, I had some questions I needed to speak to someone else. They might have been through some problems I wasn't aware of. So I think once you start opening up with other people, I think that naturally think people just start talking more about it. Um, and that, then that eventually will go outside of your friendship group into other, you know, into work and other things where you can have a bit of sort of safety and privacy in, in work and you know, have good working friends. I think it's just important just to keep talking to people. And looking back, how has your experience with fertility challenges strengthened your bond as a couple you mentioned it's made you stronger yeah we, we went through we put us through the ringer i'd say so um i think we're both we're definitely both committed to it at the time we both had the same goal and that was you know we, we want a family um and that just didn't stop us from, from carrying on with the the yeah. transfers and the collections and you know, the miscarriages and things and i think it made us more patient with one another yeah. and i think you have to be patient because how I deal with things like I said is very different to how Lee deals with things and he's not used to seeing me break down as much as I did and that's really hard for him um, to see that and equally sometimes I would get frustrated that I you know Lee couldn't open up to me um I mean he did eventually but it took some time and we just uh, when we were going through we did deal with it in our own way but it didn't we didn't we didn't fight about it. We didn't get upset with one another. It was more, I really felt like Lee was my pillar of support and I was his. And I think you need that because I do think um, it is very easy to get frustrated with one another, to get upset with one another and to blame one another as well if something's yeah. just not happening that you both want. Easy to blame someone. Yeah. If you want to blame someone. Yeah, you feel like you have to blame someone. And naturally, yeah. you blame the person that you're with because that's the person you're in contact with all the time and they're in front of you. And when you're frustrated, you just feel like you need to take out on someone. And I have, you know, sadly seen um, relationships um, fall apart as a result of um, IVF struggles. There's a group that I'm, I'm a part of online and I see that quite a lot. And it really, it breaks my heart because I just, I just think it's, this is the one time if you both want a family that you really need to stick together and just talk it's really uncomfortable to talk about, but just talk. Um, and it's okay. It's okay if Lee sometimes thinks I may be being too emotional about it. Um, you know, and it's probably okay that I you know, say to him, wait, you know, talk, talk. <laughs> um, but I think so long as you, you move past that and you just have each other's backs, I think you'll be okay. Totally agree. And um, what was it like finding out you were having twins? Oh, yeah. Um, 
I mean, there was obviously always a possibility because we'd transferred two embryos and we actually did that. We did that on the third round um, on the advice of the doctor and, and um, that's when we had our second miscarriage. But the, um, so the next time after that, we, we obviously, we had no idea that both would actually stick. We, we transferred oh, two to increase the chances, the small chance that one um, would stick. So when I remember going in, I was actually only four, four weeks, four weeks, five days, and I was going in for another um, um, steroid treatment. And I had a scan. And at that time, there was just one um, little embryo showing on the screen. So I was like, oh, well, one stock, even though my HCG numbers were really high in the indicated twins, according to the clinic. When I saw just one on the screen, I was like, okay, one baby's done, just, you know, great, I'm pregnant. And then a week later, we went back um, for another scan. I was monitored every week at that point with that clinic. Um, and there was two. Lee, I just, Lee's face was like, what are you, what? Um, it was just a really surreal, surreal moment, but yeah, pure happiness um, and excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Completely lucky, and in, this is—I know this is really weird, and some people may not believe it, but I always had an inkling as well. I remember all the way through my transfer, uh, the two-week wait. For the first time, actually, my two-week wait, I was like, "I'm going to be really positive about this. I'm going to talk to my um, end babies, and I really think that one of them's a boy and one of them's a girl." And <laughs> even all the way through, even when we found out we we're having twins, I was like, "I think the bottom one down here, I think that's a girl, and the one up here is a boy," and they were. Um, you know that's exactly how they were so it was just the whole the whole thing was just yeah absolutely amazing wasn't it well it was like minutes before I was told I was about to meet my babies I was like oh my god babies <laughs> <There's two. laughs> so exciting well really really happy for you both and um, where can our listeners follow you um, I'm um, on Instagram um, at sprinkle of baby dust great um, so yeah, if you want Great. to pop over and say hello, I'll be there. Great. And as I mentioned before, today's podcast episode um, has been sponsored by Mojo. Mojo is the UK's first and only virtual male fertility clinic. You can order the Mojo at home sperm test for full WHO compliant lab analysis with results 48 hours after sending your sample in at www.mymojo.ai. And the link to Mojo is in the description as well as your handle, Sophie. So thank you for that. Um, thank you very much for being guests on our podcast today.